Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Mark Schaefer, who is the Chief Operating Officer of B Squared Media. He is the Executive Director at Schaefer Marketing Solutions. He has worked with clients, including Adidas, Johnson & Johnson, and the United States Air Force. He is also the best-selling author of nine books, and he teaches at Rutgers University. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. I'm delighted to be here, Matthew. I'm going to kick us off actually with the subtitle for your most recent book, mm -hmm. which was How to Build Momentum for Your Ideas, Business, and Life Against All Odds. If you'll permit me, can we start by talking about the odds? So what odds are we up against? Yeah, well, uh, the name of the book is Cumulative Advantage. And the reason I wrote this book is... I always write a book when I see a problem that people are really struggling with. And today, I think what businesses and especially marketers are struggling with all the time is how can we be heard? And this has really been a subject I've been writing about and speaking about for at least the last 10 years. And the problem is, is the amount of content, the quality of the content on the web that's competing with us is just really overwhelming. And it's getting harder and harder every day to be heard. Uh, you know, one example, I, I wrote a blog post one time that absolutely went viral. It was shared thousands of times. It had thousands of comments. And I Googled it a few days later. This is a, it was a, a term I made up at the time. It's called content shock. And I Googled it and to my amazement, I was third in the search results. <laughs> this was a term I made up. And so I think the world is stacked against us in big ways and smalls, and small and small, both online and offline. And so my idea to transcend this overwhelming uh, challenge is momentum. And that's what the book is about, how to build momentum for your ideas, your life, and your business. I think one of the things that I pulled out was this essential question, this essential marketing question that you have. And in my opinion, at least, it has applicability for individuals and also has applicability for organizations. And the question, which I think is a wonderful follow-up from your first answer, is how can we be heard? Why is that so critical? Why is that the critical question? And, and how can we do some of the things to be heard and break above that noise that you talked about? Well, I think all of us, whether we're working for a nonprofit and competing for funds, if we're at a university competing for students and competing for status in many ways, or a business competing for the best employees or trying to get our products out to market, it all gets down to we have to be seen, we have to be discovered, we have to be heard. And uh, I think... <laughs> I can save all of your listeners a lot of time and money because that's essentially the subject of every marketing book that's been written in the last 10 years. And it'll probably be the subject of every book written in the next 10 years, whether it's SEO or social media or content marketing, it all gets down to how can we cut through the, the noise and become the signal. 
I'm always curious about how our guests got to where they are. And I think the way that I'll structure the question for you is, is there a defining moment early in your career or early in your life where you realize that marketing specifically is something that you wanted to focus on? Well, I think it's probably popular to say that, you know, this was some strategy that I had, that I had a vision that I was going to be a marketer and author. But I, I think that that all of our careers are really sort of uh, a collection of random events that lead to something. And I think uh, the first sort of defining moment is I started out as a chemistry major and, uh, but I was, I didn't like the people who were in chemistry. <laughs> I think they were all pressured to be doctors by their parents or something. They were all miserable. And on a whim, I took a journalism class because I always liked to write. And now here I am, you know, here we are in 2021. And who would have ever thought that creating content would be such a, a big part of my life? And then another defining moment would be in the early 90s when the internet was starting. I was in a marketing job. Uh, I loved being in marketing and I was, I was stuck. My, my boss wasn't going anywhere. I was thinking, what am I gonna do next? And I looked around and I saw this thing called the World Wide Web was beginning. So I asked my boss if I could get an AOL account and put it on my expense account. And after much debate, he was against it. He thought it was a waste of money. He agreed. And I became the first employee of this Fortune 100 company to be on the internet. And a few years later, uh, the company woke up and decided they needed a director of e-commerce who should lead this thing. And they thought, oh, well, Mark, you've been on the internet longer than anybody, it's you. And that sort of launched, you know, it explains why I'm here with you today, really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a series of, of, of random events, but uh, it led to a career that I absolutely love. I have fun every day and it's uh, very rewarding. When you think about balancing your priorities, I rattled off some of the things that you do and are currently doing in your bio. How do you organize your time? How do you find time for all of the different priorities that you want? And how do you maybe decide what to say no to? Well, that's a great question. It's a very, very key question to achieve your best productivity. And I think it gets down to discipline. I look at what are the big factors that impact my business? What really drives the revenue for my business? And it gets down to three things. Um, it's my, it's my, my college classes, because that leads to creating a lot of content. And since I'm teaching uh, sort of an executive level graduate class, it also creates a lot of lead generation. So working on college classes is a priority. Uh, solving my customer problems uh, as a consultant, a strategy consultant, that's a priority. Working on content. I blog. I have a, I've had a podcast for nine years. Uh, as you mentioned, I've written nine books. That is really all the marketing that I do. That's how I've become known in the world. So those are the three big things that generate uh, revenue for me over time. And I have to have the discipline to start saying no, that doesn't fit into one of those buckets. I either have to find a way to outsource that work, delegate that work or, or say no. So it's just a matter of focus, really. Many of our listeners 
might and I do know operate in the field or close to the field of marketing, but a good chunk of them don't. What would you tell to those individuals that they should be thinking about given the importance of, in some ways, having a personal brand? There's new social networks all the time to jump on. How do you tell somebody who doesn't directly day-to-day focus on marketing, how can they use marketing to their advantage in their career? Well, I think it's something to consider that increasingly the personal brand is the brand. So great marketing is about creating an emotional connection between what you do and your audience. And we used to be able to do that through advertising. So for example, we might have a a loving, fond relationship with Coca-Cola because we think of polar bears. But increasingly, people don't see ads. We're moving to streaming media, watching TV on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or on Disney Plus. You don't see ads. Listening to your favorite music on Spotify, you don't hear ads or listening to audiobooks. So the frequency of us seeing ads has dropped dramatically. And even if we see ads, we probably don't believe them. In fact, research shows that trust in businesses, brands, and advertising has declined 13 years in a row. Who do we trust? We trust each other. We trust our friends, our neighbors. We trust business leaders, founders, technical experts. So so working on your personal brand and showing up in your customer community can be the best marketing that that you can create right now, but it does take time It takes consistent commitment. Uh, You have to show up usually by creating content of some kind. And if your listeners are interested, I did write a book called Known about creating your personal brand in the digital age. It's the best-selling book on the topic, and it's helped thousands and thousands of people. Many times when we're embarking on something new, it it helps to ask certain questions to put that formula in place before we embark on something. What are some of the questions that we should ask if we're thinking about our personal brand or if we're directly involved in our company's brand before we embark on a change in strategy? Do you have some, some fundamental questions that we should have constantly in the back of our mind when we're dealing with these types of things? Well, the, the question, I, I do actually, I have a series of uh, five or six questions that I use when I go through strategy development with my customers, whether it's an individual or a company, the first thing I do is I'll say, can you complete this sentence? Only I, or in a business, only we. This is a very important question. And if I'm working with a company, I might have the executive team around the table, get out a piece of paper and literally write write their answer out. And if everybody has a different answer to that question, that shows they do not have a coherent marketing strategy. And so that's really where we need to begin is to define what what is the answer to this question. If you can answer only we or only I as an individual, then, it becomes apparent. Why do people love you? What makes you distinctive? Why do your competitors fear you? The customers who love you, 
where are they? Where do they spend their time? How do they know about you? So, excuse me, <clears throat> it may take some time, it may take a few weeks or maybe even a few months to define that. But if you can answer that question, your marketing strategy unveils itself. It's very liberating because now you know what to say, who to say it to, where to say it. And so that's really the beginning of the marketing strategy process. One thing that we've heard from a lot of listeners is they're fascinated that a decent number of our guests have talked about curiosity. Can you share a little bit about what you're curious about right now? We're obviously living in very interesting times. What is making you curious about what comes next? What do you see on the horizon that maybe people aren't taking seriously? I am constantly curious. <laughs> I am overwhelmingly curious. <laughs> um, I think the thing that I'm just utterly fascinated with right now is what will be the outfall from the pandemic, from a consumer behavior or a human behavior standpoint. And if you look at what happened going into the pandemic, we guessed wrong about almost everything <laughs> of what was going to happen. Who would have guessed that uh, we would have a, a, a home construction boom? <laughs> uh, who would have guessed uh, we couldn't keep this, the shelves stocked with Clearasil because people's faces were breaking out because we were wearing masks. I mean, there were a lot of unintended consequences going into the pandemic. Coming out of the pandemic, I think there are going to be even more. I think we have been forged and shaped in entirely new ways. Uh, and we, don't, we can't even imagine some of the long-term consequences. In particular, think about impressionable children, one, two, three years old right now, who are supposed to be socialized. They're supposed to be playing with other children. They're supposed to be picked up and played with by other adults. Uh, they're supposed to be fawned over by grandparents who they haven't been able to see uh, in, in, the, in the pandemic. How's that gonna play out over time? Uh, I think uh, it, it takes 30, about 30 days for a behavior to become a habit. Many of us have been living in a wacky new way far longer than 30 days. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see how things occur uh, at the end of this pandemic. I think truly we are entering the era of unintended consequences for businesses. As a final question, before we shift to the questions that I ask all of our guests, I'd love to just get a sense if you found out that you were working with a brand new leader at a company that you were consulting and you could snap your fingers and give them a trait. Are there some traits? Is there a trait that comes top of mind that you think would make that leader very successful in the world you're describing? Well, it's got to be someone who is, who is humble right now. I think this is a very important trait because everything we thought about our customers has to be uh, reimagined. We have to be patient. We have to listen. We have to relearn. Uh, there are going to be shifts that are gonna create enormous new business opportunities. Uh, 
there are going to be shifts that are going to close down some business opportunities in how we learn, how we work, how we relate to each other, how we entertain ourselves. So now really is a time uh, to be humble and, and it's a time for humble leadership. Well, that is a wonderful spot to shift to our final two questions. The first one is this, if you could describe your leadership style in just one word, what would that word be? Well, without irony, it would be humble. <laughs> because I am humble. I, I'm very, very respectful of everybody that I, that I work with. Um, I, never, I never tell people what to do. Um, I, can rem- I, I grew up, in, when I went to graduate school, I studied under, under Peter Drucker and he taught by the case study method. And he would get so frustrated when people would actually try to solve uh, the problems. And, and he said, what makes you think as a leader that you're so arrogant that you can go in and tell people what to do? These people have been working on this problem for years. And so uh, I approach things very, very humbly and respect the, the intelligence and the expertise of the people that I work with always. And the final question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Well, that also come, came from Professor Drucker. Um, I studied under him for three years uh, when I was in graduate school at the Claremont Graduate University. And he said, being a great leader doesn't mean having all the right answers. It means asking the right questions. And I totally, totally believe that's true. In my consulting, almost every time the people that I work with, they have the answers. They probably know the answers, but they're missing the right questions to bring those answers out into the light. And so that's definitely a philosophy that I've used in my career. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Yeah, you can find me at businessesgrow.com. Nobody can ever remember how to spell Schaefer, but if you can remember Businesses Grow, you can find my blog, my podcast, and uh, all my books and my social media connections. I'd love to hear from your listeners. Well, thank you for all the great insight and thanks to all our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Learn to Lead Podcast. And you can find our organization at ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead Podcast. Podcast.